In this episode, I talk about some wise words from the great Nassim Taleb. Then I switch over to Naval, go back and start covering his tweet storm. So if you want to learn about stressors, wealth, happiness, how to achieve the riches, take a listen. Okay, guys, let's borrow some wisdom from the great and wise Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Um, I'm reading from page 61 of Anti-Fragile, underneath the subheading of Crimes Against Children. He starts off, Not only are we averse to stressors and don't understand them, but we are committing crimes against life, the living, science, and wisdom for the sake of eliminating volatility and variation. He talks about how, I, he says, quote, I feel anger and frustration when I think that one in ten Americans beyond the age of high school is on some kind of antidepressant, such as Prozac. And he talks about, um, you know, different feelings and states that he goes through and how these different feelings and states can be a source of intelligence. And then he continues on a paragraph later, had Prozac been available last century, uh, Bo Baudelaire's spleen, Edgar Allan Poe's moods, the poetry of Sylvia Plath, the lamentations of so many other poets, everything with a soul would have been silenced. If large pharmaceutical companies were able to eliminate the seasons, they would probably do so for a profit, of course. So this is uh, something that I, I think is really interesting. In um, He's identified a big problem, right? So in today's world, we are extremely comfortable. In fact, I think that one of the reasons – and it's not just me. I mean I've heard this on Joe Rogan's show and I've heard it in other places. But it's something that I do believe is one reason why the United States is in a bit of a cultural upheaval is a lack of stressors. And um, what I mean by that is life is not nearly as hard as it used to be. And if you decide – if you decide to be lazy, your life can be so um, – uh, you could lack so many stressors that you need to thrive in your life that you start to develop resentment and anger. Or as Joe Rogan likes to talk about, he likes to compare his feeling to like a battery that needs to be used. I love that analogy when he talks about it because I feel the same way. When I do not do physical exertion for a while, when I don't physically exert myself, for a long period of time, maybe say for a couple days, I start to get an angst. I get really angsty. Like I feel like I'm ready to fight somebody. I feel like – which, you know, not a good idea. Um, I feel like I'm ready to fight somebody. I'm ready to like do some stupid shit, right, after some time of not doing something physically challenging. One reason why I have to work out like almost every day, which is funny. That's what Rogan does. And I didn't know about this when I – you know, before I was – Listening to him, I was doing this anyway. But it's something I have definitely felt for the last several years. And in our current society, if um, we decide to stay inside all day, you know, I mean, a lot of people can live off of, you know, the government dole or, um, you know, live off uh, relatives, parents, this, that, and the other. And when you're not exposed to physical and mental stressors, right, what happens is, some people just melt away, right? So uh, one thing Nassim Taleb talks about here is, you know, he talks about the um, some of the great writers and poets of our time, right? So if they felt bad 
a hundred years ago, a hundred and fifty years ago, there was no, there weren't people around saying, "Oh, come here, honey. Oh, just take these drugs and you'll be okay," and put them in a permanent vegetative state. They had to deal with the emotional ups and downs of you know of their psyche on a regular basis, right? And I love that Nassim Taleb points this out. And one thing he talks about is he says in an earlier paragraph. He says, I get mellow and lose physical energy when it rains, become more meditative, and tend to write more and more slowly then, with the raindrops hitting the windows. And then he goes on to say, um, some days I enter uh, poetic melancholic states, what the Portuguese call suadaji. Um, and I love that because I can totally relate to that, and I think a lot of people can. Right? Some days you're just on top of the world. Some days you're aggressive, and he talks about that. You're aggressive. You're ready to go. Like you don't want to sit still. You don't want to read. You don't want to write. You don't want to listen to anything except maybe some hardcore music, whatever. You just want to get moving. And then some days, like I go through these all the time where you're more reflective. Um, you know, I want to listen to more melancholic music and kind of reflect on some things um, – you know, for me, it tends to be things in my life, like um, like a past breakup, or you know, you know that kind of bullshit, right? I'm not going to get all sappy on anyone here, but that kind of stuff. So it's uh, you know, or maybe just like a friendship that passed, or a time in your life that uh, is gone and that you can't get back that you really loved, you really enjoyed, and so those feelings, like they come and go all the time. You know, I mean, we're always going through different ups and downs and high energy, lower energy, and um, but that's what makes us human. And dealing with those, dealing with these different, you know, dealing with these, uh, for one, dealing with these ups and downs makes you stronger, right? So I think that's, I could be wrong. I think that's part of the message here, right? So use that feeling, use that feeling to do something. So guess what? When you're feeling aggressive, go to the gym, okay? When you're feeling melancholic, maybe do some journal entries, right? So turn those stressors, those emotional stressors into something productive. The other thing is, is that those can be signs of other things that are happening in your life, right? So if you're feeling on top of the world, there's probably, there might be a good reason for that. It might not be that you're manic, Maybe you're manic, maybe there's something wrong with you, but maybe there's something happening in your life that is stressing you to react in that way. Maybe there's another external stressor, something else that is causing you to feel melancholic, right? Maybe there's reminders, maybe you're engaging in a habit that is causing you to feel this way. But if you numb those emotions, one, you can't grow from them and you can't use them. But the other thing is you can't figure out what is maybe causing them as well, and you can't work with that. You, it's it doesn't create a really good synergy, of um, it doesn't create a good synergy, right? You can't work with that when you're just numbing your emotions. And <clears throat> who wants to live like that anyway? You know, that's kind of my opinion. Anyway, that's a little rant about uh, some Nassim Taleb. Let's talk a little bit about Naval. Get back on the Naval train here. So. Hold on, going to pull up some Naval tweets, but here's some sponsors. Okay, so let's switch gears and talk about Naval, the awesome Naval. 
So I left off last time on talking about how the internet has massively broadened the possible space of careers. Let's move on. Next, he says, play iterated games. All returns in life, whether in wealth, relationships, or knowledge, come from compound interest. So <clears throat> I love this idea. Um, I got hooked on this idea of, of iteration uh, getting into Jordan Peterson about two years ago and how he talked about how um, you – how we've kind of have an evolved sense of morality such that when you engage with people over many iterations there you have like positive feedback loops right so a lot of you know a lot of people that go uh, i actually don't want to get too far into it but it has to do with um, evolved morality and playing iterated games with each other so that way if people act too selfishly over a short period of time the idea is you're going to continue to play with these people Right, so if you are if you do bad things to people in business out of short term gain, well, if we, next time you have to do business with people, they're not going to trust you. So that's an example of uh, more like of how morality can be applied to playing iterated games. Right, so you have an incentive to behave well over a long period of time with people or people in society and institutions that you will be playing long term games with. Now back to Naval. This idea is fantastic. Um, this could be – you can use this uh, if you don't understand it. Think about it in terms of doing something over and over again. Think about playing the guitar, piano, uh, drums, learning a language, martial arts, anything. If you practice once a month, then you are um, – you're playing an iterated game, right? So you are doing something over and over again. But it's a slow process, okay? Um, and you're building your knowledge, but very slowly. However, if you were to train or, say, practice Chinese every day and practice speaking for a few hours a week over and over and over again, what happens is is that the more iterated games you play, so the more times you play these games, these similar games over and over and over again, the more you learn about the game. So you build knowledge, and all the knowledge you build stands on all of the other knowledge you've built. So you can, over time, you. I, I'm not. I don't. You know exactly agree with the exponential or the. You know maybe it's compound. I'm not sure, um, but I would say regardless if it's compound, exponential, whatever, uh, the returns are very high. So if you engage in iterated games when it comes to learning, like I said, if you practice and read and reflect on something often enough, then you can find your mistakes fast. When you find your mistakes fast, you can correct those mistakes. This is very similar to something I've heard um, which people like to say in uh, certain industries like fail fast, fail early. A lot of people like to think about this in the entrepreneurial space. People talk about this with dating as well. Um, you need to go out there and work fast. Gary Vaynerchuk's a big proponent of this. The idea is this is it's all based on iteration. The more iterated, the more times you engage in it, the more knowledge you get because you get a lot of knowledge from failure. Every time you fail at something, you learn a way not to do it. I know that sounds cliche because it was Thomas Edison or some bullshit, but it really is true. If you're trying to, um, you know, as somebody who does martial arts, dances, learning languages, I can tell you firsthand that 
you remember the mistakes you've made. The mistakes you've made in the sparring ring are what make you better. I used to get my butt kicked when it came to sparring until um, you know I figured out how to throw some kicks. I realized when I threw those kicks, I didn't get my ass kicked, right? And so it was from getting my ass kicked and then stopping people from kicking my ass that I figured out how to win. But had I always been winning, I might not have ever known exactly what it was that was doing it for me, right? But because of my evolution in martial arts, I learned, oh, I'm losing, I'm losing, I'm losing. Oh, wait, when I do this move, I don't lose. Okay, all right, so then I try something out. Oh, but when I do this, I do lose, right? So I learned over time what makes me lose, and I started winning a lot, okay? So um, to apply it to dancing, same shit, man. I have gained a lot of knowledge. Some of the most knowledge I've, I've gained is from fucking up moves and having people correct me and say, no, do this, right? Um, another thing about that is you remember it. You remember your mistakes a lot. And when you remember your mistakes, then you're really, it's easier to, uh, make the correct move because you remember what you did wrong. It's hard to remember everything you did right. It's easy to remember all the shit you did wrong. So the more times you get shit wrong and correct it, the faster you're going to make improvements in your knowledge. Whether it be fighting, whether it be investing, whether it be, um, you know, like I said, learning a language. Same with my Chinese acquisition. It's through making mistakes over and over and over again that you finally go, oh, okay, so all these times were incorrect, but now I'm saying it correctly. I actually really love this. Um, and it's it just, in my opinion, this is one of the most valuable, one of the most valuable so um, tweets that he said, play iterated games. So when you do something, do it fast, do it over and over and over again. Uh, this is also applies for dating. So something that I have experimented with in the past is, you know, and I've heard this before, that guys, if you struggle to ask out girls, you should ask out, like just ask out random girls on the street. But you got to do it. You got to do it a lot. You got to ask out like 20, 30, 40 people. Right. And the idea is that one, it, it's like exposure. Right. But you and that exposure therapy makes you less prone to the anxiety of asking out people in the future. But here's the thing about that. That's iterated game. Right. The more times you play that game, the more times you ask out somebody and you realize that it's not the end of the world. Even though you're fucking up, even though most of them are going to say no, you go, oh, I'm still here. I'm still good to go. Everything's okay. Then you start to lose that anxiety like, oh, I'm going to ask her out. She's going to say no or maybe she's going to say no and then I'll move on and then somebody eventually is going to say yes, you know, as long as you figure out your shit. The other thing is you figure out approach, right? People say no. People say no. You change your approach and then maybe you start to figure out an approach that works but you can't figure out your approach to dating. You can't figure out your approach to sparring. You can't figure your approach out to anything until you try shit out that doesn't work. When you find things out that doesn't work, you can drop those things and move towards a new strategy until you find something that does. So play iterated games. Okay, next one. Pick business partners with high intelligence, energy, and above all, integrity. 
Um, yeah, I think that's pretty self-evident. Awesome. Uh, you want somebody who's smart enough to take care of shit. That doesn't mean IQ smart. That could mean street smart, right? So maybe somebody who's good at deals, somebody that's good at spotting bullshit. Uh, you want energy. I can tell you, this is why you need to be careful with going into, into business with friends. If you have a really good friend who's smart, but who's lazy as fuck, you can't go into business with them. Lastly, integrity. This obviously makes a lot of sense. Um, if you can't trust somebody, you can't go into business with them. This last one I'm going to talk about is don't partner with cynics and pessimists. Their beliefs are self-fulfilling. So this is something I struggle with myself. I wouldn't say I'm a pessimist, but I lean in that direction. I lean towards pessimism. I'm optimistic, generally speaking, in my actions because I do lots of things. Like I try lots of things. I engage in a lot of activities, and I think I'm going to do well. But um, this is true, and I think what – A good way to illustrate this point is everybody knows that one person that shoots down all your ideas, right? So don't get involved business-wise or probably even in a relationship with somebody that just shits on everything that you want to try, right? If everything you want to try is going to fail and it's a disaster, then you know what? It's going to – there's a good chance it could be that way because that negative energy feeds into actions, So if somebody believes something's going to fail over and over again, maybe they don't put in the effort they need and maybe it does fail. So anyway, that's what I want to talk about today and uh, with Naval, get some Nassim Taleb knowledge in this motherfucker. (laughs) And that's it. Adios.